We continue our interview with Eric Johnson, the author of the book Introducing Christianity to Mormons, uh, recently released, and we'll talk about more of that next on Polygamy, What Love Is This? We welcome back Eric Johnson as we continue reviewing his recently released book, Introducing Christianity to Mormons. Thanks again for coming for the third part of this interview. And it's a, such a good book. We just had to have plenty of time to talk about it. Thank you, Doris. Uh, so would you again tell our viewers how they can get your book? It was released just a couple of weeks ago and, and where they can get it and your contact information. You can buy it at any online retailer that sells books. Amazon.com obviously is a popular one. You can go to the website that we have produced for this uh, book, introducingchristianity.com. It has links to all of those mm -hmm. and a whole bunch of bells and whistles that will be, uh, I think, helpful for anybody who wants to read the book as well. Mm -hmm. It's very good. Very good. It explains very well the differences and maybe things about more Christianity that Mormons and, and polygamists, Mormon fundamentalists, don't understand uh, why we believe what we believe. Uh, we've been following the chapter headings as we try to systematically go through your book so we don't get too, rabbit tra <laughs> too many rabbit trails. Um, and so we're on chapter 8. And chapter 8 is entitled, Justification, a Forgiveness of Sins by Faith Alone, which is an interesting way to put it. Now, growing up in a polygamy group under Mormon doctrine, we did not have a clue what justification meant. Now, and I've discussed this with others who are still in the Mormon belief system, either LDS or, or polygamy, and they don't have a concept that they need to be justified or even what it means, so biblically. So I have a three-part question for you. Have you discovered that members of the LDS Church don't understand justification? And will you explain what the Bible means by justification? And is there a parallel doctrine in Mormonism for the biblical definition? Justification. Well, the idea of justification is taught. Um, the book of Romans, Romans chapter 5, says we're justified by faith apart from works of the law. Galatians also spends time getting into this issue because there were people calling themselves Christians but saying you had to do things according to the law. And that's what Mormonism and the cults do. They say, well, you've got the grace, you've got the initial part, but you have more to do to be able to earn mm -hmm. God's favor. And God's favor cannot be earned. Grace is a gift and it's not something that you do in order to get it. Uh, justification um, in the Mormon mindset, I don't think they really have an understanding of that word, even though even though it's used in the King James Version. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I said, Romans chapter 5 uses right. the word justification. And it, it literally just means just as if I never sinned, an easy way to remember that. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of nuances to it because there's a God who is full of grace, a God with mercy, imputation is a term we would use, forgiveness. Those are all terms within the banner of justification. This sets us apart. Uh, Doris, from any other world religion, because all the world religions are asking the question, what do we have to do what for do God? What do we have to do? And Christianity mm -hmm. asks the question, what did God do for me? And that's a whole different perspective of how we look at that. So a Latter-day Saint can't understand justification because his religion won't allow him to do so. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. And then there's uh, salvation, um, Acts 4.12, you quote, there's salvation in in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Works is included in that. There's right. uh, salvation is only in Jesus through His grace. And then you ask somebody who is 
in a polygamous group or you ask the Mormon, uh, so if you were to die right now, would you get everything this religion has to offer? And their answer is, well, no, but I'm trying yeah. or I'm doing my best. Yeah. And uh, the Bible says doing your best is not good enough because it's a mission of failure. Either you're forgiven or you're not forgiven. And we have a we have a gospel that says that we can know we have eternal life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's beautiful. That is lovely. Um, one of the exciting things I first learned was we can know that we have eternal life. You quote Miracle of Forgiveness. Mm hmm. Where, um, where you write, as Kimball attested in his book, the gospel of Mormonism is contrary to what is taught in biblical Christianity. He knew there was a difference. He didn't deny it, didn't say we were the same. Um, and as we introduce, as did Gordon Hinckley, by the way, uh, as you know, and, yeah. and as we introduce biblical Christianity to Mormons, it's important for them to know there are differences don't you think? And those differences are also the for authenticity. Yeah, and I, I think the the I hope that the Latter Day Saint who reads this book or anybody who's watching us right now would understand we're all about loving Latter Day Saints. And unfortunately, we we feel that you have been deceived in in uh, believing something that is not true. A guy like uh, Spencer W. Kimball, the twelfth president of the church, very clearly said that Ephesians two eight and nine were anathema to him, mm -hmm. that all you had to do was say a little prayer, well, that would, that would uh, mean that you don't have to have good works. Well, they don't understand what we believe. Mm -hmm. So that's why this book, that's why I want to do it in a gentle and kind way and say we do have differences, and those differences do matter. And if you want to reject what I have to say, that's fine. But at least understand what it is that we believe rather than create what I call straw man arguments. Yeah. They beat a, a dead man and uh, instead of uh, what Christianity really is. And if I'm wrong on this, show me from the Bible. Uh, that's, a good, that's very good. Show you from the Bible. Um, President Kimball said it was also possible to become perfect. In fact, he taught it was required. And he taught it more than once. And there were other people also in Mormonism who have taught that. Uh, that you have to obey all the commandments. But doesn't the Bible teach us we cannot ever become perfect? Yeah, it says in Isaiah 64, 6, all of our righteous acts are like filthy rags in God's sight. Ask a Latter-day Saint, uh, how many of the commandments are you supposed to keep? Yeah. And you'll get 100% of the time. And how often are you yeah, supposed to keep? <laughs> and they'll answer each time, Doris, all, all. They know. Yeah. So I always like to ask the question, so how are you doing at that? I'm not doing very well. Well, when will you ever get to that point? See, according to Spencer Kimball in his book, The Miracle of Forgiveness, you have to be a superman. Hmm. You have to be able to accomplish what seems to be impossible, but you just need to keep doing it until you finally get there. And he said you had to do it in this lifetime. And I think he was accurate. When you take a look at the LDS standard works, the unique ones, the mm -hmm. Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenants especially, you'll see that he taught what they, what, what those uh, books that were written by Joseph Smith say, but mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. impossible for anybody to do it. A much simpler way is the Bible that tells us that it's through faith that we grace. do this, Amen. not through our works. And their scriptures in Book of Mormon and Doctrine and Covenants uh, teaches that there's no room for error. Doctrine and Covenants 58:43 says, forsake all sins. So I have a three-part question for you. How often must all the sins be forsaken? Is trying 
sufficient? Now, you touched on that already, but is, it, is trying sufficient in Mormon doctrine? Is trying acceptable in biblical Christianity? I'll answer that last one first. It's uh, trying, according to Mormonism, is, is a, uh, a mission of failure. Yes. Trying in Christianity is something that you don't try, you do. By receiving Jesus into your life, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Right. What part does not a person There's not understand? Yeah, yeah. The Philippian jailer asked that question. Paul says in Romans 10, 9 and 10 that we need to confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that he raised him from the dead. I mean, it's quite straightforward. So when, when a Latter-day Saint is, tells me that he is trying, I say, well, when are you going to get to that yeah. place? Because Spencer Kimball taught on pages 163 and 164 of that book that trying is not sufficient, nor is repentance complete when one merely tries to abandon sin. To try is weak. To do the best you can is not strong. You must always do better you than you can. This is true yeah. in every walk of life. How can yeah. you do better than you can? Impossible. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, and that's why when God saves the Christian, he gives us the Holy Spirit who does it, yeah. who is and the it, one who gives us the power. And you hit the nail on the head. It's only through the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who transforms. Amen. Then we can have the fruit of the Spirit. That yeah. will come yeah. out of us. Yeah. Uh, Romans chapter 8 very clearly talks about how the Spirit is in us to do the work yeah. that God intends for us to do. But you can't do that without the Spirit. Amen. How do you get the Spirit? Through faith in Jesus. Only through that. It's the only way you can have that. Justification is a gift from God. Salvation is, mercy is, grace is, justification is also. We can't earn it. We can't try. Trying won't help us. Uh, we're going to put Romans 3.23 on the screen. You quoted it before and want to do so again. So if you'll read it and explain to our viewers what this verse really means and some of the other terms the Bible uses to fit under the justification umbrella. Well, the idea that all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. Uh, I'm, I'm summarizing. Three, I'll, no, for um, me. Uh, uh, Romans 3.28, I'm sorry. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Straightforward, and, and yes, I did mention that earlier. You're justified by faith. That word justified is found in the King James as well. Mm -hmm. And notice it's not based on what you did because uh, that's what... People are going to think you have to do in order to get to heaven. You're going to have to keep God's commandments and all of them is the, is the way it goes. Well, then uh, in, in Matthew chapter 7, I think it's verse 15, uh, 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 Jesus says uh, uh, people are going to come and they're going to say, Lord, Lord, look at all the good things yes, I have done. Yes. All the works of the law. I did my best. I tried hard. And what is he going to say at the great white throne, Doris? He's going to say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you worthless slave. So, so we have to understand that if you think that you have to earn God's favor, okay, then how much do you have to keep? All of it? How often? All the time? As we, I think we've made that very clear. Most Latter-day Saints are going to agree on this. And yet you don't have any clue as to what 1 John 5.13 says, that we may know mm -hmm. we have eternal life. That's how the difference between a Christian and a Mormon is quite simple. One is forgiven and the other doesn't know yeah. if they are forgiven they or not. Know. If I know I'm forgiven, then I can have what the Bible says is a peace that passes all understanding. Latter-day Saints can't have that. And neither can people in polygamous groups who think that mm -mm. it's their efforts and their trying and never reaching the goal. 
exactly right. Now, and these are all the beauties of the Christian doctrine, the Christian biblical Christianity, yep. the, the beauties of it. Who, who could turn that gift down? I'd, right. One of your discussion questions at the end of this chapter is number three, and it asks the question, Christianity teaches that justification is a gift of God for some. Receiving this gift sounds too easy. Why does this concept seem to be so difficult for those outside of Christianity to accept? And I think you pretty much answered that question. Uh, one thing I found, and I don't know if you found that in your discussions, is heaven, the promise of heaven and eternal life of God is so magnificent and so, um, so high-reaching, it has to be expensive. Yeah. We can't get it for free. Yeah, I think people think that you can't get anything for free, as you say, that uh, um, uh, if, if it's something that uh, somebody comes to you and says, here, I'd like to give you an investment, um, i let you make this investment, give me $10,000, you'll make 10% per month. A lot of people do that. We call them Ponzi schemes. Yeah. That they build on that. Yeah. And, and if it sounds too easy, uh, then it, it, it can't be true. And yet the thing is, it wasn't easy for Jesus, who, as we said in the last show, died on the cross for our sins. Yeah. He paid it all. It was expensive. I, I, yeah, so I received that gift. I think that's the only way to be able to uh, accomplish all of the work is letting somebody else do the work mm -hmm. and let him credit me with the righteousness that I never deserve. Right, and that, that he himself has. It belongs to him and he gives it to us. Now, the next chapter fits in with the justification conversation we're having, and that's sanctification. Yeah. And you have entitled it Sanctification, a life marked by good works. What's the biblical definition of sanctification, and does it come before or after a sitter is forgiven and saved? It begins when you become a Christian, um, and it lasts the rest of your life. It's, it's something that you do do. That is your part in the role. Uh, the Bible says that... Uh, we are to work out our salvation with mm -hmm. fear and trembling. Notice in Philippians 2.12, it doesn't say work work for, right. but work it out. Mm -hmm. The fruit of the Spirit should be a part of who you are. But I, I, a lot of Latter-day Saints, when you do mention grace, you're talking justification-wise, and, and they like to bring out James 2.20. Faith without that works is, is dead. dead. Every they, time. And, uh, and so I always like to surprise them by saying, oh, I completely agree with James. And they say, well, see, it proves that you have to work. No, no, you don't understand. What he's talking about is if you have, if you have the gift of salvation, works are going to follow. Mm -hmm. That is a part of the plan. And then I always have cited in every conversation, I like to quote Ephesians 2, 8, 9. You know, mm -hmm. we're saved by grace through faith. It's not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, lest any man should boast. I say, but notice the next verse. Yeah. It says in verse 10, for we are God's workmanship created by Christ Jesus to do good works, right. which he prepared in advance for us to do. He prepared us to do that. And so when you, you become a Christian... And that's what James is talking about, is Ephesians 2.10. Yeah, yes. You, you, you fail at one part of the law, you fail at the whole law. And so I always like to ask Latter-day Saints. I, I, I talked to a Latter-day Saint recently and, um, and showed him the list that Spencer Kimball gives on page 25 of his book, The Miracle of Forgiveness. And he went through the list of over 80 things. And he says, oh, I think I'm short on one of those. So he went to his bishop and he said, I worked six months with that bishop to work that one thing out. Oh, my he says, word. He says, now I've taken care of it. So now I've accomplished it all. 
I said, you've got to be kidding me. Let's go through that <laughs> list again. Because one thing, even Spencer Kimball admitted one thing, you were not keeping at all. Wow. Yeah. Well, as someone labeled it the impossible gospel, because you can't do it. No. The, the way that they have explained that you do. Um, chapter 10, growing in the faith, a passionate pursuit. Obviously, you're referring to the Christian, biblical mm -hmm. Christian mm -hmm. faith in this. What do you mean by growing in the faith? Well, and again, I, I wrote some of these chapters as if somebody is either have left the church or they're thinking about leaving. But uh, and the story I give is this 80-year-old um, couple I had mentioned in the first show that uh, they said, okay, we don't believe Joseph Smith is a true prophet. They found that out through the Gospel Topics essays. And they read really? the 13 Gospel Topics essays from 2013 to 15. The church put out these 13 essays and admitted Joseph Smith had between 30 and 40 polygamous wives, a third of whom were married to living husbands, yeah. a third yeah. who were teenagers. You know that very well. Or the idea that the Book of Mormon was translated with a stone and a hat and that Joseph Smith read off of that. They said, this is not what we were told for 80 years years. Yeah. I need to leave. What do I do now? That was his question to me. Wow. And I said, I'm not quite sure I'm getting this because this was, I've never met anybody who was, I, I thought he was maybe 65 or 70. He's a young, younger looking guy for 80. Mm -hmm. And uh, that gentleman and his wife became Christians and oh, they just said, what do we God. do? And he didn't know what to do. He says, what, what church do I go to? He, he was completely open to whatever I had to suggest. So mm -hmm. we talked about that and the importance of finding a church, to be able to read the Bible for yourself, to pray. These are all things that we do as a result of who we are. Mm -hmm. And it's possible even for somebody who's 80, somebody might be watching us and saying, there's no hope for me. Yeah. Oh, yes, there is. Absolutely. Jesus can grab a hold of you and make you his, and you can know that you have eternal life, even mm -hmm. if most of your life is seemingly over. That's right. Absolutely. It's never too late. As long as there's breath, there's yep. hope. Now, which leads us into a discussion you have in this chapter, I think is very good. Should a polygamist or a Mormon remain in their church once they have discovered that Mormonism isn't true and embrace Christianity? Uh, and, and I've met people, I know people who wanted to remain in the church and did for a long time until the Holy Spirit just moved them on out. But should they remain in the church so they can help others understand I think that's a mistake, uh, and you're right. I have known people as well who say, well, I'll just stay there and maybe I'll try to help. Yeah. Well, okay, what are you going to get for your teaching? You're going to want to go back into the old way of thinking. I think you need to, a, a complete transformation by finding a place outside of the church, a Christian church that will love you, that will direct you, that will disciple you. You can't do that there, always wondering if you ever went to a Christian church looking over your shoulder wondering, Who's seeing me now? So I think you need to make a clean break, as hard as that will be. And there is a price to be paid. I realize you're, mm -hmm. you're going to have family, children, um, uh, friends, neighbors. All your neighbors go to that same ward. It's going to be a radical thing. But I think the best thing you can do is leave. And also, the, the title of your chapter is Growing in the Faith. You can't really grow in the faith if you're sitting under Mormon no. preaching. No. Under their teaching. No, I mean, it's like it's like uh, building, uh, you, you know, you're going to have to do some exercise. There's going to be weights that are involved. But if all you're eating is uh, drinking Kool-Aid and, and eating Pop-Tarts, that's not going to help you to grow the muscles you need. You mm -hmm. need to get good nutrition. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. part of that is yeah. just going to a church and getting good teaching to, to, to help you understand what is true versus all that you've been taught your entire life that's not true.
And again, for any of our viewers who may be watching this, um, you can contact either myself or Eric uh, if you have more questions about these. And Eric has given his contact information at the beginning of these part three, or parts one, two, and three. Uh, but when you when they discover that Joseph Smith is a false prophet, um, the polygamy all of polygamy, not just his, but all of early Mormon polygamy, the gold plates and other important topics, the, the former Mormon or the, the skeptic or the one who's questioning should understand, and especially I, this, my heart hurts for the people in polygamy, that, that it, if they lied to you about these other things, you need to realize that they lied to you about God and, 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 uh, and about the Bible. So searching out the truth uh, has bottomless blessings and, and rewards for you. Learning the truth about who God is is the most exciting adventure I have ever been through. Yeah, I, I would agree completely. I mean, uh, it, I think the best person to, to make the, be, or the, the best Christian that there is possible is a person who belonged to a polygamous group or a Latter-day Saint and they uh, they realize I once was lost. Yes. But this is what it means to be found. To be found. Those are the most radical Christians. They love God <laughs> with all their heart because they say, all those years I didn't get it, yeah. and I was being led astray by men, and I just I was blinded. Uh -huh. Well, the Bible says uh, th th that people are blind, and they're not capable of seeing unless the Holy Spirit grabs onto mm -hmm. them. And whatever stage that is, once you understand who God is, it's going to radically transform your life and make you a person that you never thought you could be. And God also promises that if someone wants the truth, truly wants the truth, He will show them he would. the truth. Yeah. You wrote on page 227, the goal in leaving Mormonism then is to find a place where the truth is spoken. Going to another religion or church that espouses a false gospel is not the goal. Now, I have, being in the, working with the former fundamentalists, so many of them will leave polygamy and join the LDS church. Yep. Because it's familiar, Joseph Smith's still a true prophet and all that, but they went off the back. But, but I, when I was a new Christian, I didn't know any Christians. There wasn't yeah. anybody who, who worked with me or mentored me or brought me to the, to the Lord. It was all through reading. Um, and I, I wanted to go to church, but I was scared to death mm -hmm. because I was afraid. I didn't know how to choose a church. Right. And I was scared to death, and I was afraid I would choose one that was kookier than the one I've yeah. been raised in, you know? So how, how do you suggest people face the dilemma of choosing the church? What would you, steps would you have them do? Well, one, I would hope that there's some evangelical Christian that they know at work or their neighbor. But if they don't, if I they didn't. don't, There's a, a website, if you live in Utah, I know that's limited, but utahchurches.org. We have a list of all the different churches. And when you go on to that, it actually knows where you're at if you allow it to know where you're at. Mm -hmm. And it tells you where all the surrounding churches of churches that are good churches, good godly churches. That That is crucial. Mm -hmm. we, need to, we need to encourage people to get into churches. But if they have no resources and they live in Utah, utahchurches.org is a great place to start. Uh, but maybe make a phone call to um, uh, 
I mean, to you or to me, they can call Mormonism Research Ministry. They can write us an email. Mm -hmm. uh, my email, I'll just say it, eric, E-R-I-C, at mrm.org. I'm happy to, I just had somebody today ask me about a church in San Diego. I'm from San Diego. Uh -huh. I was able to report their church, former Mormon, is a good church. Yeah, they can go there. Awesome. And so sometimes they just need a little bit of confirmation that mm -hmm. way. So mm -hmm. I will go do research if I had to. Somebody contacts me to help you find a right, church. Right, right, good. And and I know from my from my own experience that I didn't know who to trust yeah. that could verify what a church would be good. And, and there was mm -hmm. one church I was planning on going to uh, one Sunday and something came up and I couldn't go. And after I became a, became a church goer wow. at a different church and realized what that other one was, I thought, oh, God was watching over me because I did not go to that church. It would have scared me to death. And this couple in their 80s, that's exactly the dilemma they face. Yeah. Where do we go? Yeah. And then what do we do when we get there? Do we genuflect? Uh, how do I dress? That was a big thing. Oh, yeah. I told yeah. him, you know, don't wear a white shirt <laughs> and don't necessarily have to wear a dress, ma'am. But, uh, you know, just wear what you would normally wear because you wear that white shirt uh, with a tie. Everybody's going to know that, you know, if you're, you're trying to be under the radar, then mm -hmm. you're going to need mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, mm -hmm. dress as, a, as you regularly would. That's that's very good advice. Um should someone who, and you address this in your book, should someone who's from the Mormon background be given a modern day translation of the Bible? They already don't trust the King James fully. Yeah. Should we give them a modern translation? I'd like to do that. I'd like to hand them a, a, modern, a Bible in a modern language and I'll tell you why. The, the reason is that uh, a lot of them are reading the King James and have no clue as to what it says. So what I'll tell them, and I, I give away Bibles. Mm -hmm. I give away New Testaments all the time and even full Bibles. And I'll say, read the book of John as a little child, yeah. as my, our friend yeah. Michael Wilder, who, who wrote the foreword on my book, said. Uh, read it for yourself and see if it resonates with you. And uh, have that modern translation. Just try it out. Have the King James open next to you. Right. I fully understand. And you'll see they're saying the same things. Mm -hmm. It's just that you'll understand an English Standard Version, a New International right. Version, or other... The we modern day vernacular. We have great uh, English translations. Utilize them. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're at the end of our time, Eric. Thank you very much. We got through most all of the, the questions I wanted to ask you, and I do appreciate your time. And we encourage our viewers to get the book. It's very good. Thank you so Thank much, you. Doris, for having me on these three shows. Thank you. Thank you for coming. You know, in this three-part series, we've discussed some great information about biblical Christianity, what it truly is, not what Mormonism has wrongfully said Christianity is. The book should be read by everyone who claims to be a Christian and by those from any form of Mormonism who've left their Mormon faith and isn't quite sure what to do with the void that it's left in their lives. Jesus Christ is the only object, topic, focus, and Savior for the person who's seeking the truth. Jesus is designated as the Word of God. He is also the truth. So if you want to find God, if you genuinely want the truth, seek the biblical Jesus, and you'll find that He will do and reveal to you exceedingly, abundantly more than you could have ever asked for or imagined. Jesus will not, in fact, He cannot let you down. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. 
More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.